Whew, boy, ain't God good this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, I, oh, thank you, Jesus. I just feel such a, I don't know, just a, such a need of prayer. It seemed like the enemy is out of no battle. But, you know, I was praying this morning. And, you know, I'm tired of being on the defense end. Amen. It seemed like we stay on the defense end, Sister Lisa. We just, all the time, all we want to do is just be there, you know. And then when he comes against us, all we want to do is block. But I think it's time for God's people to get on the offense side to where they carry the ball a while, you know. I get tired of get tired of having to fight and see if I can keep the enemy from coming against me. But it's time that we got to hold the ball ourselves and begin to begin to go after him, you know. And I, I just felt that in prayer this morning. It seemed like, you know, the enemy's on a rampage. It seemed like he's just on a Round page, just trying to destroy, destroy, destroy God's people. And it's not only in, in every family, but it seems like it's in everywhere you go and everywhere you look. People discourage people down. But you know, I was just talking to Pastor and Sister Lisa that we watched that movie again last night, The War Room, and you know, and, and it's got such a good meaning to it. It's, I mean, if you pay attention to it and you really watch it, it's got such a good meaning to it. But the little, little old lady that was trying to teach this woman, this lady, to how to fight and everything, the first thing she said, the first thing you got to do is get yourself right. You've got to get yourself right. You've got to get yourself focused. Yourself first focused on what you're fighting. If you don't know what you're fighting, you don't know how to fight it. You don't know how to fight it. We can fight it, try to fight it in the flesh however we want to do it, but we can't fight it in the flesh. We have to fight it through the Spirit. Have to fight it in prayer, fight it through the Spirit, and, and do it that way. That's the only way you can do it. You can't do it any other way. Because the Bible says our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God of pulling down our strongholds. Casting down what? Every imagination that exalts itself what against what? Against the knowledge of God. So if it comes to try to destroy and it's against the knowledge of God, against the word of God, then we have to pull it down. Pull it down in prayer and say, we'll not have it. We'll not have it. We're not going to put up with it. We're not going to deal with it. But I, I just feel like there's such an urgency this morning for the church to really pray. You know, I know that y'all get up here and y'all pray every Monday night, and, and I can't be with you, but but God knows it. We put four excuses. I'm just going to be straight and honest this morning. Everybody that comes to this church puts forth an excuse, puts forth the reason, but we don't have no excuses. If we put him first, hallelujah, in our lives, if we put him first, you know, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoils the vine. So sometimes we have the little foxes in our lives that spoils the vine, that spoils. And I liked something that that lady done last night, and it really touched me because it really, it really related to me a whole lot. Because I'm just going to be straightforward and honest this morning because that's the only way I know to do whenever I'm up here front in the service that Sister Susie is be honest. And, and that's the key element of being honest. And we've all, if we'll go back and really think and really remember that God has been trying to work something in us for a long time, 
God has tried to work something in me ever since I was a kid, Sister Susie, and and through disobedience and pulling back and the things that I've battled and things that I've allowed to come into my life that I've had to battle through that stopped me from being effective for what God was really planning and ordained for my life. And I know it in there. Anybody that's walked into that and knows it, they know it. You you know when God's trying to work something in you, when God's talking to you and you're and you're pulling back and you know and and sometimes you feel like, no, that's not for me. But, yeah, it's for you. If God's dealing with you about something and, and, and he's trying to lead you to a path of, of a certain place, that it's God's will for you to walk there if, if, if you're feeling it. And you're not going to get it handed to you. It's something you'll have to fight for. And I really know that places where God has tried to walk me into before that I know that now where I'm at right now is where God was really intended way back yonder to just begin to walk me into it because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am meant for this kingdom. I know it. I believe it with my whole heart, Sister Susie, that people that don't understand this kingdom that the pastor is preaching about and ministering about and teaching about, it's going to put you into a place that where you cannot be wavered. You will not be destroyed. You will not be discouraged because there ain't nothing that the devil can do when you step into that part in that fullness of Christ dwelling in you. That's what it's all about. You know that Christ dwelling full in you, Sister Pat. What does that mean? That means him dwelling full here. And you're not allowing nothing. I mean, you've done sold out. You've done, you ain't got no flesh part that you're having to fight anymore because there ain't no flesh there. You've done, you've done committed just like Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. He was fighting the will of the flesh. He was fighting that flesh part about him when he got into prayer. And the Bible said he prayed that his sweat became great gobs of blood because he knew that when him, when he went to the cross that it was going to be painful. I mean, he was in the flesh. I mean, in the flesh part of him knew that that was going to be painful and he got on his knees and he was beginning to pray you know because he had in his spirit that he didn't know what he could do <coughs> I mean that's a bad thing but he said father not my will but thy will be done he was willing you know and, it, and, and, and it said the angel of the Lord came to him and strengthened him anytime we we start to go to the cross. Anytime we start to crucify this old flesh, it don't feel good because it's, it's submitting to the will of God and we're crucifying the will of the flesh. Oh, man, you know, the Bible says, pray without ceasing that you enter not into temptation. So if we enter into temptation many times, it's because we, we've let up in our prayer. We've left up in a prayer because he said, pray without ceasing. And you say, well, without ceasing, that means without stopping, meditating. How many of us meditate on the Lord every day, all day? Not all day, because these things in our lives, it comes in there and gets our minds off where we are somewhere. And, boy, we'll get wound up in it. Before you know it, we drift just a little bit further to the left. Then... Before you know it, we done drifted a little bit further to the left. And when we shouldn't be, said, uh-oh, no, I'm not going to drift that way. I've got to get back over here. I've got to get back over here where I'm meditating upon the Word and upon the Lord that I not be distracted, that I not be tempted by the enemy. 
we get tempted whenever we fall away from prayer. I mean, I get tempted. I don't know what's so important about prayer this morning, but I just feel the prayer is so important because that's that's the key to our walk with God is through prayer because that's the only way. You know, and that's just like if I come over here and I said, Sister Pat, I don't have your phone number. Would you please write your phone number down and give it to me, please? And uh, she gives me her phone number. Well, used to, I, I didn't have no contact with Sister Pat through the week, but I didn't have her phone number. Didn't know where she lived, didn't have her phone number, didn't know how no way to get a hold of her. But Sister Pat, I got your phone number now. I can call you anytime I want to. Day or night, wake you up anytime I want to. Well, that's just like it is in prayer. You get that prayer and you get on your knees and you get a relationship with God on your knees and everything, you can go to him anytime you want to because you've got his number. He's got your number. You've got a communication. If I need anything from Sister Pat, I got communication now. I've got her phone number. I know how to get a hold of her. But if we don't have that relationship and that communication with God, every time we get in trouble, we where's the pastor's phone number at? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. One of my kids has failed, but she's his head wide open. I don't know what to do. I'm calling the pastor. Because I don't have that relationship. I don't have what I need to move it. I don't have what I need to move God. Why? Because I've been over here in the fleshly part. I've been doing Donald's thing. Been doing what Donald wants to do. I'm just going to use me. And the whole time that I'm doing what Donald wants to do, Sister Pat, this thing's going on in here. You know, it's kind of kind of letting your garden grow up. But in a situation where you really need God to move, when you get on your knees, you start praying, the devil starts battling with your mind. You've done let corruption come to your mind. You've done done things that did you ain't, that hadn't really been sin, but it ain't been really been the will of God for you to do. I mean, it's it's nothing, you know, that carnality, that fleshly thing. And whenever you get in prayer and you're trying to move God, the devil says, "You think he's gonna move for you? All this time he's been over here in the flesh and been listening to me and." been paying me some attention and and said, you know good and well the Bible says that his sheep knoweth his voice and a stranger they'll not follow, but you've been over here. You've been over here and now you think that that your prayer's going to get through, you better get that phone number you know and you better call somebody to move God because in this situation, if you don't, it's going to get bad. That's exactly where the pastor's trying to teach us, and that's where God's trying to move us right now to, where we can rely on our own selves. Lord, I didn't even know where all this is coming from. But, but it's such It's such needful, Sister Pat. So needful to... To know, you know, I, I was raised up on a farm, and my dad, 
and even in the garden, you can take a garden, you know, and, and you plant the seed, you don't work the field. You've got it ready for preparation, you know, to put the seeds. But, but then whenever you put the seeds and the fertilizer in there and, and well, you got the seeds in now, you so well, I walk off and leave it now. But, but then you go back and you look at it and there's grass and weeds and doesn't grow up and everything. Well, when you start looking at the field, you're not expecting a harvest. You're not expecting much out of that because it looks bad. But you take somebody goes in there and they pull all that stuff out from around it and take care of it and everything, and you and you begin to see the clean garden and and you look at it, then you st you expect to harvest in. Oh, thank you, Jesus, God, this morning. God, I feel such a need for for prayer this morning because I know Lord Jesus God this morning let's just reach out for a little while this morning because I really feel like God is is wanting to say something wanting to do something this morning God and I know Lord Jesus that there's people that's battling Lord Jesus I know there's people that's battling God in this church God and, and probably even in Lord God in our church in Fort Payne God there's people that's battling Lord there's people that's left the church down there Lord they, they come when they want to they come when oh God when it seems like that the Lord Jesus that the, oh God that they're in a battle Lord that they're troubled oh God and they'll come Lord but God I pray Lord Jesus this morning for each uh, oh God for each and every church today God that that people would get a hunger, to, oh God, a thirst and hunger after righteousness, oh God. Oh Lord Jesus, this morning, God, each and every one, God, this morning, Lord. Oh Lord Jesus, God, that you'd move upon them, God, this morning, God, and have your way. Oh God, and Lord Jesus, God. Oh God, we bind every hindrance, every devil, God, this morning, Jesus. Oh Lord God, I love oh Jesus, God. Oh Lord Jesus, God. Oh Lord Jesus, God. God, this morning, Lord. Oh, God, Lord Jesus, God, this morning, moving. Oh, God, in your body this morning, God. Oh, God, moving your body this morning, Jesus, moving your body this morning, Lord. Oh, God, stir your people, God, this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, God. God, they summon this morning, God. That <coughs> God, they've lost their joy. God, they've lost their joy, God. Oh, God, they've lost their dedication, God, this morning, Jesus, God. Oh, God, and they're discouraged, Lord, and they just beat down, God, this morning, Jesus. God, I'm asking you this morning, God, that, oh, God, that they'd rise up, Jesus, this morning. Oh, God, and they'd take everything, God, back that belongs to them, God, this morning, Jesus, move in this place. God, move in this place, God, this morning, Lord. God, move, God, this morning, Jesus, God. Move, God. Oh, have your way this morning, Jesus, God, this morning. Move this morning, Jesus, in this place, God, this morning. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Move this morning, God. Move this morning, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, open up, Lord. Oh, God, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, this morning, God. God, I ask you, Lord, for a spirit of prayer to fall on your church, God, on your people. God, we need a spirit of prayer, Lord. God, that will drive us, oh, God, through our closets, God, through our prayer chambers, Lord. Oh, God, and begin to lift up our hands, Lord, and knowing, God, that... 
God, there's nothing, Lord Jesus, that God that you don't know, Lord. God, if he's a God, if there's a battle coming my way, God, as it's even in my way, Lord, it had to come by you before it got to me, Lord. And you do, God, everything, God, it happens to me, God, you know about. God, I don't have to be concerned, God. I don't have to be concerned. But, God, I know, Jesus, this morning that you said that no weapon formed against me would prosper, Lord. And, God, and I believe it this morning, Jesus. I believe it for the church. I believe it for your people, Lord. God, I pray, God, this morning, God, I speak. Speak it this morning, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, God, every situation, God, this morning, God, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, God, this morning, every situation, God, oh, God, at each and every family here that represents, God, the battles that they fight, Lord, that they're in too, Lord, God, I pray right now, God, oh, God, in the name of Jesus this morning, God, oh, God, that you would reach out, God, and, oh, my God, that you would take it, God, this morning, Lord. Oh, God, that battle, that, oh, God, that the enemy keeps coming against Sister Kathy this morning. I, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I could, oh, God, I tell you, oh, Jesus, this morning, I'm asking you this morning, Lord. Oh, God, this morning, God. God, let her rise up, God, in the spirit, God, and speak to it. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. We bind it, God. You said whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven oh god in the name of jesus we bind it lord god oh god and whatever is bound on heaven heaven it'll be bound on earth god oh god in the name of jesus this morning we bind every hindrance god oh god this morning god lord jesus god god jesus god move god this morning lord move this morning jesus in this place god move lord oh hallelujah come on sister susie Come on, come on, praise the Lord, yes, yes, come on, praise the Lord, do whatever you feel to do, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, missed you last week, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ain't God good this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Just to know you in your glory. Oh, just to fall before your throne. Oh, just to rest in your presence. Oh, to worship Christ alone. Hallelujah. I want him to take control. I want him to take control above everything. There was a song I was praying on the way to work uh, Thursday morning. Wednesday I'd went to church and, and I'd heard a really, really good word on forgiveness. And the preacher invited everybody to come up front, you know. So we all got up and walked up front. And we were to take a moment and, and really contemplate about forgiveness. Because we really and truly can't get forgiven of our sins if we don't forgive others. And he was talking about how that we need to purge ourselves, that we build up resentment and hatefulness and ill will towards people, you know. And so I take the word serious. I was up there, man, I was digging. I was digging stuff. I was like, what about that mean old sister over yonder? And I thought, nah, I don't, I don't hold no ill will towards her. I just mark her. I know who she is. She's a gossip, a busybody, and she'll eat you alive. So I mark her, but I don't hate her. I don't dislike her. I don't hold no ill will towards her, you know. And I thought about this one. Well, what about this hurt feeling? You know, it was a hurt a long time ago, Sister Lisa. But I got to thinking, and, and I was taking it serious, and I said, you know what? I don't harbor no ill will towards that one either. Yes, something happened. 
something happened in my life that hurt me. But I, I totally, and I, I got to thinking and thinking, and I thought, well, thank the Lord. I can't think of anybody that I, didn't, that I don't hadn't forgive, you know, or I can't think of anybody that, that I have any ill will towards. And, it's, and I, was feeling real, <laughs> I was feeling real good about it, Brother Justin. I'm like, man, I got this one down pat. Thank you, Jesus. So everybody was just crying and praying, you know, woo, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I was feeling so good. And I got right outside, started down the road, and I always check my phone in case my kids, I put my phone on vibrate or silent or whatever, check my phone, and it was my work. It's important that you call me, you know. And so, I'm, so Wednesday night, right after I'd left this service about I don't have no ill will toward nobody, <laughs> it was prophecy, <laughs> apparently, you know. So here it is. I call my work, and they're just all in upsetness. This one's been talking about that one. This one, and have you heard? What have you heard? I'm like, I ain't heard nothing. I don't get into that mess. But it aggravated me, you know. And so, and when I wouldn't just say, well, I, I've heard this, or I, and I have, but I don't run around and tell it. The Bible says, wise is a man who covers others' sins. That means not that you help them out and cover it, like, but that you don't spread it. And yeah, my love covers them. And if you're saying something mean about her, if I can't pray with you, then I certainly ain't going to go over here and say, you know what that Donald did and said? That's just not who I am. And so I told her, my manager, I was like, I ain't heard nothing, don't know nothing, don't want to be involved in it. You know, I come and I do my job, and that's what I'm paid to do. And so then she said, well, I'm going to move your position. And I'm like, What? I couldn't even believe. So there was some ill feelings there because I'm thinking, no. And I told her, I said, no, you ain't. I said, we're not going that route. You know, I said, I, but anyway, to make a long story short, so I harbored that all night long, Wednesday night. Well, on the way to work Thursday morning, I'd made my mind up, brother. I, I was quitting. I said, you know what? I don't like that job anyways. <laughs> and without any... Uh, uh, aspect of another job I said I'm just going to live on faith and I was, I was praying though do you do that is that the way you pray sometimes and I was telling God now God I need you in, in prayer I need you to do this so I can do that and da 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 and I very seldom ever listen to music I love preaching and I love music y'all know that I sing right and I play but, some, but I very seldom listen to music when I'm traveling or meditating I uh, either have it on preaching or I'm just praying silently or what have you. But I had it on Moody Broadcast, and all of a sudden this song come on that I am going to have to learn. It said, when did I forget that you were the king of the world? When did I forget? When did I try to bring you down to eye level with me so I can have a conversation with you about what you need to do? <laughs> come on, am I the only one? I, when I pray sometimes, I want to tell God how to work it out for me. I don't pray and say, Lord, I want to submit myself to your will. I, d I don't necessarily, I'm not like the tree that wants to bend with the wind. I'm the tree that says, I will resist this wind, and I will stand here. I will be tall, and I will be strong, and I'll put on my happy face. So, you know, sometimes your happy face looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not really <laughs> yeah, I'm working at it this is my church face sometimes <laughs> yeah but uh, but yeah that song just so ministered to me and I just started crying 
And I realized, when did I forget that he was the king of the world and that I wouldn't? And that he's the king of my life and not even me. I'm not even the master of my own life. He is. And, and I'm telling you, and I, see, I had worried all night long on how I was going to work this situation, how I was going to figure it out, and how they were not going to do me dirty because I wouldn't come down to their level, how I would not be pushed around and manipulated. I mean, I had it, I had it, I worried and thought all night long, couldn't even sleep because I was just, you know, didn't hate nobody, but wasn't going to take nothing from nobody neither. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm plain, you know, I'm transparent this morning. And then that song come on, when did I forget that he was the king of the world? And it reminded me that he is still the king of the world. He's the king of my world. And I just begin to cry and repent and just to say, Lord, forgive me. Not that I needed to forgive anybody, but I wanted God to forgive me for dethroning him, for taking him off of his throne and me trying to climb up there. And rule my own life. And you know what? I walked in and everybody was, hey, how you doing this morning? Hey. There was nothing even said. There was nothing even said. And at lunchtime, my manager came to me and she said, Susie, I talked to the next person up about it. And she said, I just need to let this thing go. <laughs> and there I had worried and fretted. And tried to figure it out in my own mind. And all it did was cost me sleep and worry and stress and aggravation. Just an aggravation. But whenever I come down off the throne, quit climbing my ladder up and just begin to weep and say, God, you're the king of the world. You know, that's what that scripture means by putting him first. Amen. And this morning, I would encourage everybody here from my own mistakes. You know, most of the time whenever I minister, Brother Don. It's just a testimony. It's something that God showed me, something God's proved to me, because I'm one of those, you got to prove it to me kind of people. But I would recommend this morning just getting off the throne, every one of us. Just come off our thrones and allow God to be the king of our world one more time and just see what it's like to be a child again, what it's like just to be simple again, and let him live and reign in our lives. Amen. And to listen to the word this morning, with a childlike expectation. Because that's what I'm going to do. I can remember Christmas time. I knew that present was under the tree. Didn't know what it was. But I could see the container. I could see the box. I could see the wrapping. And I believe there is something good in there for me. Amen. And I was so excited it would build up as the days went by. Is that right? This morning, look at your pastor. There's our present this morning. It's in that container. That Christmas paper, hallelujah. Amen. And I've got a childlike expectation that it's going to be something good. And I'm excited about it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Truly glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You know, we need to realize... Things have changed. This ain't just coming to church. God is bringing forth a move of His Spirit for the last days. He is placing us in calls. 
and wanting to reveal himself in a fullness that we ain't ever walked in. I've been weighing out the working of the Spirit of God and where God wants me to go today. Still not sure exactly. Got just a little bit too much trouble on it, son. It's biting. Kind of sharp. Put me a touch of base on it or back my... trouble off but I had a visitation about 3.30 Wednesday morning he says Pat I felt the spirit of the Lord walk in the trailer and he woke me up and I was laying there meditating on the Lord and I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That's what the Word says. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. I believe it's Revelation 19, verse 10. It's right in there somewhere. I've got it marked in the notes. And I just laid there. And I started meditating on that. And then I began to see, God began to show me, the different men down through the Bible. I'm not just talking about people they call prophets. I'm talking about men that spoke and all creation was at their disposal. That when they spoke, everything in the universe had to be obedient to their voice. I remember I had a, a dream I believe it was. It's probably been over a year now. But the Lord took me out and I stood on the edge of the universe. And I saw everything in the universe and I knew that whatever I said, God was going to hearken to my voice. God was going to hearken to my voice. And the Lord began to stir this thing in my spirit. And I got up and I was up till almost 7 o'clock typing scriptures and God revealing things. And I've only talked to a couple of people about it. And I said, just keep it to yourself. I said, because I don't know what God's fixing to reveal. But man, something went down on the inside of me. And all this week, I felt something like it was fixing to explode. I've told people, I said, something's fixing to explode in the, the Spirit of the Lord. Something's fixing to just, I feel it. Has any of y'all ever heard, you ever heard a lion roar? I mean, literal. You ever literally? I took my youngest daughter, this probably been 10, 2003 or four. We were down in Florida, and she said, Daddy, there's a place over here. They got white tigers, and I want to go see them white tigers. So I took her and my son, 
And it was a little zoo. We went in there and they had a lion pavilion. We walked by that lion pavilion and them lions were stretched out asleep. About ten minutes we were, you know, watching different things. They were going to put on a performance with them white tigers. We were watching different things, looking at different things. And all of a sudden, I heard a noise. And we were a block from that lion pavilion. I heard a noise that literally shook the ground. Fear and chills went down my spine, and I stood still, petrified. And I was a block away. And I knew, Brother Donald, that lion had roared. God has been speaking to me all week, and He said, The word of the Lord is fixing to roar. Like nothing we've ever seen, the word of the Lord is fixing to roar. And he got to have a vessel that this word's going to roar out of. He got to have somebody that ain't going to be afraid, no matter what God tells them, to stand and speak the word of the Lord. We're in a new day. There's a difference that's being made by what God is bringing forth. There's a difference being made. The Lord showed me. Moses, in Numbers chapter 11, how that his father-in-law Jethro told him, said, you got too much on you. And so Moses prayed and God said, get me 70 elders. Moses got them 70 elders together and prayed. And the Spirit of the Lord fell on him. And the Spirit was in Moses fell on them 70 elders. You know what they done? They prophesied and did not cease. I ain't talking about this thing we call prophecy. I ain't talking about the gift of prophecy. And I ain't talking about these people that call themselves prophets today. I'm talking about the word of the Lord coming out of somebody like Moses and Elijah. This generation ain't never seen it. They ain't prepared for it. Everybody wanting to see God. You fix to see God, all right. But you fix to see a God you don't want to see. I held that Bible up down in Fort Payne probably 10 years ago. Eight, nine, 10 years ago. And I said, I'm fixing to find, I'm going to find the God of that Bible. I found him. And it ain't pretty. I always say, God love, oh, you better believe it. But he's also a God of wrath. He's a man of war. He's a God of vengeance. He's a God that hates sin. He's fixing a roar against sin. And Joshua come running up to Moses and said, two down in the camp <laughs> didn't come up. One's named El Dad and the other's named Me Dad. And said they prophesying and they won't quit. And Moses said, Son, I ain't worried about it. <laughs> he said, I would to God all God's people was prophets in this spirit of fall on and they'd speak the word of the Lord. And the Bible said Moses got himself down into the camp. 
Oh my God, I'm a high school whoo. I feel something fixing to just roar. I feel something fixing to roar. You hear me? I feel the word of the Lord that's in here. I don't know what God's put in here, but I know there's something down in there. I know that when I was in the hospital in four days and I come out of the hospital, I, I told my wife about two weeks later, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. I, I said, but I'm bruised on the inside. I said, I feel like I've wrestled with demons. I, I'm like Paul. He said, I wrestled I, with a beast in Ephesus. I, I feel like something is fixing to be revealed. I, and the word of the Lord is going to rise out of those that are prepared and it's going to make a difference in this generation mm. you stop and think Korah in number 16 came up against Moses <laughs> more or less told him said you think you're something don't you Moses, you take too much on you. He had 250 well-known princes of Israel backing him up. He said, God talks to me too. Moses said, that's all right. He said, come up tomorrow. The door of the tabernacle of congregation. So we're going to find out who God chose. <laughs> God's going to show you who he's chosen. It ain't that God don't talk to people. It ain't that you don't pray. It's what position has God put you in? It's what I keep trying to tell people in Fort Payne. Some of them may think because Brother Michael's young in the Lord. They think he ain't been serving all these years. That they can rule over him. I said, no, it ain't the years. I said, it's what God's, where God's put him. You hear me? It's where God's put him. You got to recognize the call. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is fixing to step inside of somebody, and this thing going to roar. So most told him, said, come on. And he fell on his face. Him and Abraham fell on their face in the fear of God. And there was Korah. There was a man named Dathan and Abram. Three of them. But they had 250 with them. They come up the next day. All of them got their sensors and put fire in it. You don't mess with strange fire. And Moses looked at them. All the people around him, he said, I'm telling every one of you right now, you better get away from these men. You better get away from them. You better get away from Korah. You better get away from Dathan. You better get away from Abram. Those three men, their wives, their children, everything's right there. People went up away from him. And Moses said, If the judgment of God just falls on these men, uh -uh. he said, But if God does a new thing, and if God opens the earth and swallows them up and everything that pertains to them, then you're going to know who God's going to say, Whoa! Feel the power of the Spirit. And the, Moses had no sooner got through speaking than the ground opened up. 
swallowed them up. And when the people seen it, they fled, screaming and crying. And as soon as they went down in the pit, earth closed back up. God buried them. Now you listen to what I'm telling you. You think about the word of the Lord in a vessel today. It's going to do things like this. I'm telling you, it's at the door. I'm telling you, this kind of word is going to fight for this kingdom. There's fixing to be a division and a separation. There's fixing to be a separation. You're going to know who walks with God and who doesn't. You say, Brother Meadow, you're lifting you. I ain't telling you it's going to be me. I'm just telling you what God told me. He said, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It is. And then, God sent fire and consumed them 250 men. They didn't go down the ground with Korah, Abram, and Dathan. God sent fire and just burned them up right there. The next day, here come the children of Israel. We want to know why you kill God's servants. We want to know why you kill God's people, Moses. Moses fell on his face. What'd you kill God's people for? Them are men of God. What'd you speak that word and kill them for? Moses looked at him. He said, grab your censor. Run into the middle of the camp. He said, there's a plague started. See, people don't, people don't remember this. He said, there's a plague started. And they grabbed his censer and run in the middle of the camp. And the Bible said he stood between the dead and the living. He stood between the dead and the living. And God stayed the plague. But before Aaron could get fire in that censer and run up in that camp and stand between the dead and the living, 14,700 died because of their mouths. Oh, I'm telling you, you don't know what's fixing to come on. The chosen vessels of God. God separating. He's separating. How are you going to bear the responsibility of speaking this kind of word that's going to take people's lives and kill whole families? You say, God ain't going to do that. Oh, yes, he is. He's fixing to make a difference. He's fixing to fight against his enemies. He's fixing to fight against those. There's something in people now, they're not afraid to strive with the priesthood. They're not afraid to put their mouths on vessels of God. And God is beginning to right now deal with this spirit of rebellion. I ain't telling you it's coming. I'm telling you it's here. I'm telling you since the first of the year something's been happening. God has begun to deal with this. It may be gradual. It may not be this strong at first. But the word of the Lord is about to roar. It's about to roar in a sound and a voice we ain't never heard in an authority and a dominion that it's going to shake things. You, you, you stop and think. 
if I walked up to LJ in the center of the city and preached on the steps of the courthouse or preached and people rejected the word of the Lord and I looked at them people and I said by the time the sun goes down God's going to bust LJ wide open with an earthquake he's going to tear this city up and kill hundreds and before that sun went down that day that earthquake split LJ wide open and killed hundreds do you not think God would get people's attention and people would know there was a real word from God we need a real word from God to stand up against this perverted generation God's moving God's bringing it in God's bringing it in Elijah King Azariah or something like that sent me in to go inquire a bail he was sick said I'm coming on my deathbed they got out of the city and they met a man he said go back and tell the king is there not a God in Israel why do you have to send out here to talk to a false God that can't hear you go back up and tell this king he, gonna, he ain't coming off that deathbed he's fixing to die they turned around and went back and the king said y'all back in a hurry he said oh we met a man yeah what kind of man did you meet hairy man one had a leathern girdle <laughs> we met a hairy man oh you met Elijah yeah we, we, we guess that's who he was you met Elijah what did he say he said, King, you're going to die and not live. Where's he at? We don't know where he's at. King called the captain of the guard in there and said, You take 50 men and go out and get him. They went out and found Elijah sitting on the hill. Said, Elijah! <laughs> said, The king wants you. He said, Oh, really? He said, As I live and as my soul liveth in the Lord, my God liveth, let fire come down from heaven and burn you up. And just like that, 50 men died. Have you got what it takes to bear this kind of responsibility? Have you got what it takes in you to walk with this kind of word and this kind of authority and dominion? Knowing that you can't open your mouth except by the unction of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it in vengeance. You can't do it in anger. You can't do it in vexation. You can't do it in upsetness. But you've got to do it with clean hands and a pure heart knowing that the word of the Lord. Can you bear this word? Can you walk under this load God's looking for somebody because I'm telling you this is being put into action right now this thing's coming so everybody won't say everybody wants to look at the word of God oh that's out there somewhere that's way out there that ain't going to happen no it's going to happen in our day it's going to happen in our day see y'all don't realize where y'all living we living in the, God's wrapping things up God's getting ready to reveal this kingdom God's getting ready to uh, charge somebody with authority and dominion uh, that whatsoever they bind on earth shall be bound in heaven uh, whatsoever they loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven uh, God's bringing us into that place uh, that ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will uh, there's an authority and dominion being placed uh, and there's a spirit uh, oh my God a prophecy uh, and there's holy men of God and vessels of God like Elijah and Moses uh, they are now going to step on the scene and I am going to speak the word of the Lord. Can you, 
Can you get it up here? Can you get it in here? That you could see this happen just any time? Can we imagine it? No. We can't. I can't. But I know this is real. I know what God spoke into me Wednesday morning at 3.30 when he said the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Do you have the testimony of Jesus? Mm. Do you have the testimony of Jesus? If you do, then the spirit of prophecy is in there. It's in there. It's in there. Now, I ain't talking about laying hands on somebody and saying, yea, the Lord would say, yea, the Lord would say, you're the apple of my eye, yea, the Lord would say. Ain't what I'm talking about. I ain't just talking about somebody prophesying or ministering the word of the Lord to somebody. I'm talking about a word that all creation stands at attention and hears your voice. Because the word of the Lord is about to roar out of you. Am I making sense to anybody? Am I making sense to anybody? Peter was in the temple. Man, come in. He said, Ananias, did you and your wife sell the land for so much? He said, yes, we did. He lied. Him and his wife had agreed together to tell Peter they sold the land for a lesser amount than what they sold it so they could keep part of the money. Greed. Greed! And when he told Peter, he said, what is it that's caused you to lie to the Holy Ghost? As long as the land was yours. You sold it for whatever price. You could have kept all the money. You didn't have to give none of it to God. But what has happened in your spirit that you and your wife have decided to lie to the Holy Ghost? And when Peter said that, he gave up the ghost. Then I'm dead at his feet. Can y'all turn some of them heaters back? I'm burning up. I don't know what's on, but something. Give me some air or something. About three hours later, here comes the fire. Peter said, y'all agreed to sell the lamb for so much? She said, yeah. She didn't know what happened to her husband. He said, why is it y'all come to an agreement to lie to the Holy Ghost? He said, them that have carried thy husband out, fixed to carry you out, all died just like that. Can you bear that in your spirit? Can you bear that responsibility? See, we never, there's responsibility for the Word of God. There's a weight and a responsibility for speaking God's Word, whether you realize it or not. Everybody ain't going to love you for it. There are people going to hate you, people going to lie on you, people going to talk about you, people going to cast your name out as evil. I mean, you can speak by the Word of God and God do something like that. didn't have no right to do that. Y'all with me? Anybody willing to bear this responsibility? 
Paul talked in 2 Corinthians 11 about everything he went through, or 12, I can't remember, about everything he went through, all the stripes, all the shipwrecks, all the imprisonment, all the beating with rods and all that. And then he got down to the end of it, and he said, besides this, come with the care of all the churches. I walk under that weight of all the churches every day. Every church I found it, I carry the, the load, the responsibility of it. Are you ready to take on responsibility for God's kingdom? Or you think this is just a glory train that you just get to shout and talk and prophesy and feel good? Hmm. You listen to what I'm telling you. The Word of God's going to roar. It ain't been that long back. I tried to find it. Some of my notes couldn't find it. But it ain't been that long back since I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. It said, the lion of the tribe of Judah shall roar. It's been a couple months back. Some of, some of y'all may have it in your notes. I tried to find it mine. Couldn't find The lion of the tribe of Judah shall roar. The word of God's going to roar. And when it roars, it's going to stop people in their tracks. It's going to send fear down your spine. It's going to paralyze some folks. Cause them to stand still and say, oh my God. I had a dream 40 Something years ago. And this back, I'd only been serving the Lord a couple of years. But I was a man of prayer and fasting and studied that word continually. And God took me into a dream. And I was walking down Highway 11 right outside of Fort Payne, Alabama, coming in from the south end. I was walking. Had a group of people with me. Couldn't tell you who was with me doing. And I got to the city limits. And the city officials met me. Said, do you come with peace? Or do you bring a sword? Do you come with peace? Ain't it going to be something? That people going to want to know. Meet you at the city limits, Sister Susie. Do you come with peace? Or do you bring the sword of the Lord? Can we walk under this? Can we bear this? Can we bear this responsibility? Because I'm going to teach you something. The devil will torment you. He'll vex you. He'll aggravate you. He'll condemn you. My God, you look at what God does now in the condemnation we fight. I've heard it all my life. Brother Metter thinks he's something. Thinks he got something nobody else has got. I always talk about what God says, what God tells him, how God visits him. Well, maybe if you get your nose out of a TV and out of football and basketball and ping pong and bingo and whatever else you get yourself involved in, maybe if you'd put your head in the Word of the Lord and in prayer and seeking God, maybe God talk to you too. Amen. Not get in and pray, find out who's going to win the national championship. And sit there and pray for your team to win. God don't care about them things. And things don't change nothing in the world. What will change the world is the word of the Lord roaring out of you. Revelation. 11th chapter. I don't even have this marked. Like I said, I didn't know where God was going to take me. Yeah, I do have it marked. I didn't know I did. No, I got 10 marked. Let me read 10 before I get over to 11. Y'all turn over with me to Revelation 10. 
starting at verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. Everybody tell you that's Gabriel, but think nowhere in the Scripture says that angel's Gabriel. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. <laughs> Where the Lord's fixing to roar. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. When the seven thunders had uttered their voice, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Sell up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. I remember I was at Brother Patterson's, trying to remember when it was, 2013, 2014. I believe it was January 2014. No. Yeah, it could have yeah, been 24th when they dedicated the tabernacle. He asked me to minister either two or three nights. I can't know I ministered two. I don't know if I ministered three or not. I said the Lord spoke to him and had me come. We'd been out to lunch that afternoon. Been talking to Sister Daniels, a couple of the ministers, and I walked out of that restaurant just to put my hand on the door. Heard the word of the Lord speak in my spirit. He said, I must prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, and tongues. And I told my wife, I said, God just spoke to me. I said, I think I know where it is. But that was John. That was the voice of John. That's what John wrote. The Lord told him, He said, There's going to come a day you're going to prophesy again I don't know if it's going to be the spirit of John I don't know if the Lord's going to raise up John in this first resurrection I have no idea what God's going to do but I also know the Lord wrote in his word and said before the great and terrible the day of the Lord come I will send you Elijah the prophet <laughs> so I don't know what God's fixing to do I don't know if it's going to be the spirit of it but I felt like then that was going to be the spirit of John because there's mysteries locked up that he heard that roared like a lion and thundered like seven thunders. And he, he sealed them up. He said, don't write them. But then he told him there's coming a day you're going to speak again. Do you all remember God speaking to us and telling us all that Daniel and John and all these old men of God saw? It's fixing to be released. Fixing to be opened up. Y'all remember this? It's fixing to be opened up. Fixing to be opened up. Y'all hear me? It's fixing to be opened up. Did you know the book of Revelation is a prophecy? The whole book's a prophecy. You hear what I said? The whole book's a prophecy. People around, run around hollering and say, Well, God said, If you add to my word, take away from it, I'll smite you. With all the Ain't what he said. He said, if you add to the, this book of this prophecy, or you take away from the book of this prophecy or the words of this prophecy, you add to the words of this prophecy, I'm going to smite you. You take away from the word, the whole book, all 22 chapters, is a prophecy. It's a prophecy. It's the prophecy about Jesus Christ in the last days. And that angel said in there, the testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy, spirit of prophecy. I'm talking about like Moses, 
like Elijah. You hear me? <laughs> you ever stop and think? The things the prophets in the Bible spoke? I'm talking about, there was a lot of things prophesied, but man, there were signs given. Isaiah went in and spoke to, was it Hezekiah? Told him, he said, get your house in order, man. You fix to die and not live. Isaiah turned around and walked out. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and started crying out to God. He said, for Isaiah got to the center court of the king's palace. God said, go back and tell him. <laughs> go back and tell him he's going to live. Isaiah said, God, now you're going to have to make up your mind. I just went in there and told him, man, he's fixing to die. Now you tell me, go back and tell him he's going to live. You want me to go back in there now and tell him that you've heard his prayer and seen his tears. You've changed your mind, and it ain't been no time. I just walked in there and told him he's going to die. Now you're telling me to go tell him he's going to live. Will you make up your mind? So Isaiah went back in there and told him. said, Hezekiah, I just heard from God. God said, told me to tell you he's going to live. He's going to have 15 years of your life. Isaiah started to leave. Hezekiah said, now wait a minute, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here you just come told me, set my house in order. I'm going to die. Now you're telling me that I'm going to live? And God's going to let me live another 15 years? I want a sign. Isaiah says, okay. You want the shadow of the sundial of Ahaz? To go forward 15 degrees or backwards 15 degrees. Has the guy all said, Oh, it's an easy thing. <laughs> it's a light thing with God for that thing to go forward. He said, Back it up. <laughs> Back it up. I figured out the degrees on the sundial. Said it went back 10 degrees. I figured it out. Two and a half hours got back time up to confirm his word. Stuck his finger out there because Isaiah cried and he stopped the rotation of the planets and put everything in reverse for two and a half hours. At the word of the Lord that was in Isaiah. Can you imagine? Y'all listen to me. We're moving into these days. That God can hearten to your voice. When Joshua was fighting against God's enemies, chapter 10, sun was going down. He wasn't going to get a chance to finish the battle. So Joshua stood up inside of all Israel. He didn't run over and get behind a rock and pray. Now, God, if this is you, and I know you spoke to me, Lord. I got confidence in you, God. I know I heard your voice, but now, I just don't know that I got what it takes to stand up and speak it. Ain't what Joshua done. Bible says he stood up inside all Israel. He said, Son, stand ye still upon Gibeon. Ho moon! Stand ye still in the valley of Agilon. And God stopped everything. 
for a whole day. Just stop the rotation of the universe, stop time and everything. And the Bible said the sun hasted not to go down for a whole day because God hearkened to the voice of a man. Who's got this kind of faith and this kind of relationship with God that God can speak to you? Is he going to stand in the center of Elijah? Say, moon, stand I still upon the mount of lookout. Sun, stand thee still upon the mount of lookout. Moon, stand ye still in the valley of Cardicay. Who's got this kind of faith? Who's got this kind of relationship with God? Who's got this kind of word of the Lord in their bones? Do you know anybody that's got it? Do you feel like God can do it in you? Do you feel like you can reach that place? God can reveal this kind of faith and word. Put it right there. Do we? We might shake our head and say we do, but really down inside, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Because I'm talking about the word of the Lord that controls God's creation. Controls it. Controls it. God's fixing to take vengeance on the enemies of his kingdom. You hear me? I ain't talking about, I'm talking about worldwide, this thing fixing, fixing to hit. Fixing to hit. Where did I stop at in 10? Yeah. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein and the earth and things that are therein and the sea and things that are therein, that there should be time no longer. Did you know the word angel in the original Greek translates into messenger? God may be talking about a man anointed to God right here. He may be talking about a vessel like Elijah, Moses. He may be talking about a man like Isaiah. <laughs> Y'all listening to me? Listen to what I'm telling you? We're moving into different days. This ain't just going to church. This ain't just going to church. You miss services under this word right here, you liable to miss a vital step to take you further in the kingdom of God. That's how critical it is. That's how important the word that God's bringing. It's just like that word last week that God spoke right here. Every one of you need to get it and study it. Because what, what can you say to God when you're prophesying, when you're laying hands on folks, when you're being used in the gifts? And God says, now, Brother Donald, this is only happening in part. You're only prophesying in part. You're only understanding in part. You're only seeing in part. You're only being used in part of my spirit. But now I'm fixing to bring forth something perfect. I'm fixing to bring forth something complete. And you're walking in immaturity. That's what the Lord told me last week. We're walking in immaturity because we're walking in part truth. And how long we've been doing it, that's the thing. And how long we think we're going to keep doing it. 
Y'all think God's just going to stand still and let us play in our kiddie pool for as long as we decide that we don't want to go any further in God? Somebody fix a step out in the deep. How insulted would you be if God spoke to you and told you the gifts and the knowledge and the wisdom and understanding you're walking in? It's only in part, and you're walking in immaturity. We can get offended at God real quick. What are you talking about? I'm walking in immaturity. You know in part? You prophesy in part? You understand in part? When that which is perfect or complete or mature does come, that which in part shall what? Be done away with. Right now, we see through a glass darkly. <laughs> is that what he said? Paul, Paul said, when I was immature, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, but when I grew up and become a man, when I become mature, when I could see something deeper in God, when I could see a more perfect plan of God, when I could see there was a, something that I could possess and step into, then I started leaving them childish things alone. Right now, Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. When you see through a glass darkly, you can't see things clearly. I remember I preached in Fort Payne, and I put on a pair of sunglasses, and I think I wound up putting on five or six pair, just stacking them on top of each other. And when I got all them sunglasses stacked up there, it really was seeing through a glass darkly. I couldn't hardly see my hand in front of my face. Is that where we're at spiritually? Is that where we want to stay spiritually? Do we keep on operating in part, understanding in part, ministering in part? Because that's what Paul told the people. He said, it's where you at. Did he not? When he went to Hebrews 5 and told them, when the time has come, you ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again. The what? The ABCs, the first principles. So here we're supposed to be out of high school, maybe graduated from college, and here the servants of the Lord come in, and they open their little bag, and they dump out the wood building blocks. I am so tired of hearing people preach. You've got to get back to God. You've got to get back to prayer. You've got to get back to seeking God. You've got to get back to doing what you know. A, B, C, D. How long God going to tolerate us? How long God going to wait on us? How long God's going to wait for somebody to say, All right, God, I want something. I'm ready to move forward. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of seeing your servants belittled and mistreated and lied on, talked about, and mocked. I've had enough of the word of the Lord being trodden under people's feet. I've had enough. I want to see some maturity. I want to see some strength. I want to see some wisdom. I want to see you reveal yourself. I want to hear the word of the Lord roar out of somebody. Y'all staying with me? Verse 7, Revelation 10. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. What's the mystery of God? What is this, Susie? I didn't hear you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. It's the mystery of God. This right here says, 
at this time, Christ in you, the hope of glory, should be mature, finished, and complete. And every one of us know we may have an earnest, we may have a measure. But I've had a measure for 46 years. <laughs> Is my measure greater? I believe it is than what it was when I first come to the Lord. How many people have you ever heard say, wish I had what I had and I first got saved? You ever heard anybody say that? You ever said that? You know what you're doing? You're looking backwards. You're looking backwards. I could say that. When I first got saved, I prayed hours every day, studied the Word hours every day, fasted five days a week and eat two for months on end. When I was in high school, I was very athletic, very stocky built. Used to have abs look like a washboard. I used to get my baby sister, ask her sometime. I'd walk up to her, I'd say, hit me in the stomach as hard as you can. She'd rear back her fist, and she'd hit me with everything she had. She'd go, oh, my God, that hurt. I mean, just shake her fist because I had, uh, I lost 35 pounds of solid weight the first year I served God, fasted and prayed so much. 35 solid pounds, not fat, solid weight. That's how hungry I was for God, 35 pounds. I wanted something. I could go back and say, God, I want that back. It's still here. But see, when you experience something new for the first time and you don't have the knowledge of it and how it works and what God's doing, it's exciting, it's new, it's fresh. You don't know the reality of it. You don't know the depths of it. But when you grow and mature in God, it ain't going to feel the same. It ain't going to recognize and you ain't going to act the same when you recognize the maturity because it ain't going to have the same impact on you. But it's still in here. Quit looking back. Let's look forward. Don't let the devil tell you, well, if I had what I had in God, I'd do something. No. You need to mature. You need to move forward. You need to quit looking back. When you look back, you're going back. God don't go back. He moves forward. Y'all hear me? It's time for the mystery of God to start. It's like now's contract. We'd get a job to do, and we'd go do what they call the rough end. We'd get a rough end draw. And they'd come in and wire. I, I was the plumber. Sometimes I'd do the wiring. But then they'd come in, they'd put sheetrock on the walls. and <laughs> Then you'd have to go back and do the finish work. It's time for God to start doing the finish work. Here God's wanting to tape and mud the sheetrock and cover up all the screw holes in the sheetrock and we're trying to, just trying to get the rough in. Time to get the rough in done. God's wanting to do some finish work. I had a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, I hired him to do several houses for me. We worked together for a couple of years. He was an electrician and I hired him to do a couple of houses for me. And, and the wiring, because I contracted the wiring and the plumbing. And he told me, he said, he said, that sheetrocker keeps going there covering up my boxes. 
And he said, then I've got to get the blueprint out and I've got to hunt them down before I can cut out around them and make up my wire. He said, tell him, better quit it. I told that she rocker. He ignored me. <laughs> he went into a house one day and put the mud and finished everything. He called me just to scream, and I said, what's the matter? He said, man, he said, every room in the house, he says, got holes beat all in the wall. Like somebody went in there with a hammer and just beat holes in the wall. He said, now I got to pull it all down, hang it all over. I said, I told you to quit messing with that electrician. He told you time and time again, quit covering his boxes up, and I guarantee you he's the one that done it. He checked with him. He said, he's the one that done it. He said, now cover another box up. Cover another box up. To where I got to get the blueprint out and measure and hunt every one of them. See, that's time and money for him. He said, it's going to cost me a lot of money. He said, you costed me a lot of time and money when I got to hunt for every box. God's want to put the finish work. He ain't need us dragging our feet. He doesn't need us covering up boxes. <laughs> he needs us to get this thing down where he can start doing the finish work. It's time for the mystery of God to start being finished. Do y'all remember September 23rd, 2015? We just started in the church here. Or was it 2016? It's 2015. We just started in the church here. Just had the seven-day revival. And I went down to Jasper, Alabama and went by Fort Payne. And I was in prayer down there. And the Lord said, that which is perfect has come. He said, I'm going to start bringing in the wisdom and knowledge and understanding to bring my people to perfection, to maturity. I'm going to bring my people to maturity. When that which is perfect is come, is what Paul said. God said, that which is perfect has come. You're not going to manifest what I'm talking about till you get the understanding of how it operates. Lord visited us first of the year. I was with Brother Mark Thursday night. He got a church probably seat 200 people. I'm going to tell you something. That church was full. It wasn't packed, but it was full on a Thursday night. It was full. I had people drive over 100 miles. Some of them came to be in that first service because they'd heard about this word. And I got one sister been coming to my meeting since 95. She brought some people. She told my wife after service, she said, I want them to see just how different this word is. She said, there's a difference in this word. She was standing back in the church shouting. She said, this is it, this is it, this is it. Because God laid a foundation just like he did. There was a foundation here late, late, late here last Sunday. It's time to move forward in God. There was a foundation late. See, what y'all don't realize, we're still walking in immaturity. We're still walking in part. And we want to know why God ain't revealed himself. What are you doing for God to reveal himself in a fuller measure? Are you seeking God for a fuller measure? Are you seeking God to take you deeper? Are you seeking God to reveal this word of the kingdom in you? Or are we just coming to church? Or ask yourself. I'm fixing to get in something. Ask yourself this. 
Am I where God wants me to be? Am I preaching what he wants me to preach? Am I preaching to whom he wants me to preach to? had a friend of mine tell me years ago, he said, you don't like what you're growing? Change what you're sowing. So, how many of us are sowing seed? Are we sowing seed? What are you sowing? Are you sowing this kingdom? Or are you sowing something else? The people you're sowing it to, are they kingdom children? Everybody ain't kingdom material. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're only going to reap what you sow. You don't sow the word of this kingdom, you ain't going to reap it. See, I was preaching the kingdom before I knew what the kingdom was. And I got people now. That sister was there. She come under my word in 95. And she stayed with it all these years. She's probably watching the live stream right now. She's a product of seed sown. Brother pastors that church in Morris, Alabama. He came, but he left four services over. And he texted me. And I got the message after service. He about 50 miles away. He said, I'm sitting in the sanctuary right now, Brother Metter, of our church. He said, I've heard you preach all around this for years. He said, but tonight I got it. God opened my understanding to this word. I got it, and I will be preaching it to my people Sunday morning. He said, I got it. But see, he come in around the 90s. Brother Mark Waldrop, where I was at his church, he come my meeting in 93 when I put up on the fairgrounds of Jasper, Alabama. He come out there, and he seen all manner of miracles. I prayed for his sister. One of his sisters had a knot in her breast big as a hen egg, and like that, it went away. He saw all manner of miracles, but you know what moved him? He said, I ain't never heard or seen a man pray like that man prays. Last time I was at his church a few months back, I, it was for the first of the year, I guess. That's the first time I've been there since first of the year. He said, this man, he said, my daddy was a pastor. I grew up under my daddy. My daddy taught me a lot of things, but this man is my spiritual father. He taught me how to walk with God. He taught me how to pray. There's something in this man that's caused me to get on. See, it's seed sown. What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Because if you ain't sowing the right thing, you ain't going to reap. Are you hearing me? The Bible said you will reap what you sow. My God, yes, if you reap to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But also, you got to sow the right word of God. And you got to know you're in the field. God's put you in. Y'all with me? Y'all going to go forward with me? Are we able to possess the land? Are we able? Are we able? God told Sister Kathy in Monday night prayer a week ago, we are well able to possess the land. He showed my wife that same service, I think it was. Oh, it was Sunday God showed that to you when I, I don't know how many of y'all heard. I think I sent it to you in an email about that sword of the Lord. 
But I was I was praying in the spirit uh, right here Sunday uh, a week ago, uh, and the Lord come down on me, uh, and I begin to scream out for pride and uh, division, all this stuff be taken out of the body. Uh, and the Lord took me out in the spirit, and I saw uh, Moses walk in the middle of the camp, uh, and people was uh, they was worshiping the golden calf. Uh, he had come down off that mountain in that high place with God. Uh, they was worshiping that calf. They were committing fornication. Uh, and Moses stood uh, and cried out, uh, Who that's on the Lord's side, uh, gather unto me. Uh, and all the sons of Levi gathered to him. He said, Put your hand to your sword. Uh, go in and out among your brothers, among your family members, uh, among your friends. Uh, and you take vengeance. Uh, and they went in and killed 3,000. Uh, can we bear the responsibility of the kind of word uh, God's fixing to bring? Uh, and then uh, later on, while I was in prayer, I, I seen a man's waist in armor. Uh, and I seen that sword, his hand on that sword. Uh, and that sword come out. Uh, and I started screaming, the sword of the Lord is unsheathed. Uh, the sword of the Lord is unsheathed. Uh, the sword of the Lord is unsheathed. Uh, and just a few minutes, I saw that sword uh, soaked and dripping with blood. This ain't 20 years ago. This ain't 50 years ago. This ain't 100 years ago. This is the last days. Read your Bibles. Find where it says, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. There's things God's purging out of his kingdom. He's purging out of his kingdom. I want to take you to Revelation 11. Y'all with me? Verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. What did it say this going to do? Prophesy. You imagine prophesying for a thousand two hundred and three score days straight. Just prophesying the word of the Lord. Just speaking God's word. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. If you want to read about that, it's in Zechariah 4. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Who spoke fire down on their enemies? Who? Okay. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Who shut up the heavens? Elijah. And have power over the waters to turn them to blood. Moses. And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Who had that? Moses. I had my tent, Burnsville, Mississippi, in 1999. Huge field. I had my staff draped over my shoulders and I had my hands draped over it. I was walking in that field in 1988 about 2 o'clock in the morning. The voice of the Lord spoke right in here. He said, these two witnesses are not two men. He said, they're two anointings. They're two companies. He said, it shall be the anointing of Elijah and it shall be the anointing of Moses 
that shall stand in the earth the last day. He said, who stood on Mount Transfiguration with Jesus? I said, Moses and Elijah. He said, this shall be the anointed that shall stand in the earth in the last days. Moses was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. Elijah was a prophet. Back on December the 26th, somebody spoke to somebody. That I got confidence in. I know God talks to them. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, these be the days of the prophets. I don't believe we're leaving the five-fold ministry. But I believe it's going to take men like Elijah, the anoint like Elijah and the anoint like Moses to get people's attention. These people just run around here and these little things they call prophecy. There ain't no fear in it. You're going to feel the fear in this. You're going to feel the fear in this. This going to roar, and you're going to stand still petrified and paralyzed. Did you know when Peter spoke and Anna and Sapphira died, the Bible said great fear came on the church. Great fear came on the church. And signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. And they said, no man, they're joining himself to them. Boy, yeah, every, everywhere you turn there, everybody's a... An apostle and a prophet. <laughs> is that not true? I mean, everywhere you turn, people don't even know what an apostle and a true prophet of the Lord is. They think he's just an office, a title. No. You fix and see some true prophets. You fix and see some people with this kind of anointing that I'm talking about. Have y'all ever heard the prophecies where the Lord spoke to me and told me diseases? That man ain't never seen fixed to come on the earth. You know how they're going to get here? Somebody's going to speak it. Somebody's going to speak it. Somebody's going to have to speak it. You want to be responsible for speaking a word that could kill half a million people? You want to be responsible for telling people that smallpox Ebola, the black plague that killed thousands in the 1400s. You want to stand up and speak that word? Have God bring it at your word. Something to think about. Don't stand up and tell God, don't, Jesus use me, and oh Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. You tell God you want him to use you, you better mean business because God will take you at your word. Oh, oh well, now, wait a minute, God, I don't want to be used like that. <laughs> now, you know, it's kind of like Sister Sheila Austin. I used to get tickled at her. She'd be testifying about going to the mission field and how God was moving, how souls were getting saved. She said, now, when it comes to that miracle stuff and him casting out devils, she said, that's a brother matter thing. <laughs> she said, I don't mess with that. I told her one day, I said, that ain't a Brother Matter thing. <laughs> I said, that's a God thing. And I said, somewhere it's going to get on you. Because <laughs> every time somebody starts talking about opening blind eyes or deaf ears, or she said, now, y'all take that old Brother Matter. That's a Brother Matter thing. <laughs> we was actually in India in 2007. We was up in Punjabi up close to Pakistan. And I was in a meeting up there, and it kept getting bigger every night. Last night, we was up to probably close to a thousand people and so I had three or four missionaries with me so I just put them all out there in a prayer line and they 
They brought one man that's full of the devil, and he spit in one of them's face. And you know what he said? He said, y'all take him over and brother matter. <laughs> he said, I don't have what it takes to cast a demon like that out. He said, take him over and brother matter. Before God. That's what happened. And the brother that was beside him said, I ain't taking him to brother matter. He laid hands on him and cast the devil out of him. You'll see what God's trying to tell us. Are you ready? Do you really want this? Are you really ready to move in these end times? Because they're going to be fearful times. going to be fearful times. Now I want to go somewhere. I want to go to Acts, the second chapter. Brother Donald, you got the microphone there? Get Acts 2nd chapter, verse 17. You with me? Go ahead and read it. Verse 17. Yeah. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Stop right there. Did God pour spirit out on all flesh on the day of Pentecost? Did he pour it out all over the world? Did he pour it out on all flesh or did he pour it out on 120? Poured it out on 120, didn't he? Yeah. Read the next part of it. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Stop right there. Is there any record of anybody prophesying on the day of Pentecost? Y'all do know what the day of Pentecost was in the outpour of the Holy right. Ghost. Did anybody prophesy? No. Go ahead. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Go ahead. And and on all my servants and my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Okay. Have we seen anything happen on the day of Pentecost yet? What was the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the former rain that came in the day, on the day of Pentecost? Tongues and tongues of fire. That was the manifestation. Is any of that written right here? No. Go on to verse 19. And I will show wonders in heaven above and, and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. All right, right there. Tell me what of these signs happened on the day of Pentecost. What are these signs happened on the day of Pentecost? 
Did God pour out His Spirit? Yeah, but He didn't pour it out on all flesh. No. Nobody prophesied. By the Holy Ghost being poured out, yeah, we know that the gift of prophecy come in. But this ain't what that's talking about. You reading that, Sister Pat? You know what all that? I'm reading over in Joel. Okay, same thing. Yeah, sorry. Exact. Mm -hmm. But all that right there is the latter rain outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. That this spirit of prophecy yeah. is fixing to come on the sons and daughters. It didn't come on sons and daughters in the book of Acts. Come on, you sons and daughters, now, because God's fixed poor spirit on all flesh. He fixing show signs in the heavens above. You remember when I was on that long fast in 1985, sixty something days, and we were on the way to Morristown, Tennessee, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, "There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body." And during that service, I went into a vision, and I seen a huge fireball explode in the heavens. I seen the tip of what looked like an airplane's tail the nose and the tip of each wing looked like an airplane and big fireball that was probably close to the latter part of December wasn't about a month later I was at my mother-in-law's house I broke that fast I was sitting there in a chair reading a newspaper Sh space shuttle's fixing to launch Lord said, watch your word come to pass. I prophesied it that night. I said, I see an explosion in the heavens. Look like an airplane just blowing up an explosion. Lord said, watch the word of the Lord come to pass. Just a few minutes, that thing exploded. At church in Fort Payne, February 2005, one week before that other shuttle come in, the Lord told me, he said, you speak an explosion in the heavens like that first shuttle. I spoke it one week later. It exploded. Signs in the heavens above. Wonders in the earth beneath. Blood and fire. Vapor of smoke. And God started showing me. He said, I was beginning to put this word in you then. All the way back in. He said, I'm starting to put this word. Because it confirms what God's fixing to do. God fixed to pour out His Spirit on all flesh, says Susie. Not just part of it. This thing fixing to hit the world. And sons and daughters all over the world. Fixing to roar with the word of God. You think these two companies going to be hit? When the Lord spoke to me in 88 and said, these ain't two men, this is two anointings, this is two companies, I said, God, give me some scripture. He said, Moses had the 70 elders and Elijah had the sons of the prophets. He said, it's fixing to be two companies, two anointings. He said, this ain't two men. You may have leaders, but this ain't two men. This is two anointings. And people still preach that right there. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They still say that's the former rain. No, it ain't. It's the latter rain. It's the latter rain. The Lord showed me that. It's the latter rain. Because you go back to the first and second chapter and you read, and it talks about the new wine being cut off. The new wine is the Holy Ghost. Everything that had, uh, the day of Pentecost had already happened, according to what Joel spoke. You say, Brother Matter, you crazy, you're a spiritual loony. You hide and watch. You hide and watch. And when the word of the Lord begins to roar, when God begins to have men and vessels speak, 
And earthquakes begin. I saw this back in the 80s. It might have been for me and my wife ever got married. I don't remember. I was preaching. And I saw a man go into a town preaching the gospel. And people rejected the word of the Lord. And he looked at him and said, before the sun goes down, God's going to bust this town open with an earthquake. I saw it in the spirit, Sister Kathy. And before the sun went over the horizon, God busted that town wide open with an earthquake. You know what people done? They came and repented and called on the name of the Lord. This is going to call people to repent. Right at the end of those prophecies there that Joel spoke. He said, and whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There's got to be a revival. The name of Jesus has got to be declared. My God, is anybody with me? This word of the Lord fixing a roar out of the vessels that's ready. The vessels God's chosen. I can't give this to you. I wouldn't even try. I'm scared to death. God may have me speak to me. I mean, I mean, it just just grabs me with fear. Because there's a certain anointing I felt. I'm scared of it. I'm afraid of it. Because I know when I speak, God's going to do what I said. I have to wrestle with that anointing. I fear it. I reverence it. I walk soft around it. Y'all staying with me? Let me give you the scripture in Revelation 19. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What can we say? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I didn't know if the Lord was going to let me let this loose in here today or not. I'll tell you, I can feel something here fixing to roar. I can feel it wanting to roar. I can feel it. I can feel it. But I got to wait to the unction of the Holy Ghost. Because I can't do it myself. I've seen people try to do it in their self. You can't do it in yourself. Because when this roars, things going to happen. When this roars, sun going to stand still. Fire going to come down from heaven. Earth may swallow up and open up, swallow up some of your enemies. Who knows what God's going to do? But God put these examples in the Bible for a reason. God put it in there for a reason. And you know why God's doing it? Too much bickering and fighting. People won't strive with the servants of the Lord now. They won't strive with them. I've told people and told people and told people and told people and told people. The word of God that's in me, you better leave it alone. I didn't put it there. You mess with it, I ain't going to judge you. It's not my place. But there's one who will judge you. Because you ain't messing with this. You're messing with that. You're messing with that. And I've seen God vindicated. 
time and time again, I've seen God vindicate it. I've seen God vindicate it. Does that make you happy? Oh, no, it makes me sad. Because usually somebody loses their soul. Or somebody goes into spiritual darkness. Somebody shipwrecks. Somebody messes their life up and a bunch of other people's lives up. That's sad. That's heartbreaking. But ain't nothing I can do about it. Ain't nothing I can do about it. Ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm God's servant. And I'm going to speak what God tells me. You talking about God scaring a, a man to death. I don't even remember what year it was. It was, wasn't too long after we got married. We was praying at your mama's house. Probably about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, I mean, we used to pray. Her daddy worked out of town. He worked up in Washington, D.C. We'd gather in prayer meetings. Sometimes, every night, we'd get in prayer. And, I mean, we'd pray about 2.30 in the morning. I was in there in her mama's living room. And I was down at a chair. It had a chair and a matching ottoman. And I moved the ottoman. And I, I, I may have been down at the ottoman. I don't remember. But man, the Spirit of the Lord got so strong. And I looked up. There was a big, you ever seen these big oval, old-fashioned oval picture frames? There was one of them, but it was a ring of fire. And I looked up. And it was just burning right up there above my head. And I saw the Lord. Had on a helmet. Had a breastplate, had a huge sword in his hand that's hanging down like this. And when he looked at me, I didn't see no love in his eyes. I saw vengeance. I saw war. I saw wrath. And he spoke to me. He said, when I speak to you, he said, you do what I tell you. You be obedient to my voice. He said, when I anoint you, he said, you ain't a husband. You ain't a father. You ain't a son. He said, you ain't a brother. He said, you're my servant. When I put my spirit on you, he said, you do what I tell you. And with fear trembling in my voice, I said, yes, sir, I will. And I've always tried to speak the word of the Lord no matter where it falls, who it offends, who it upsets. I can't worry because I'm his. There's a lot of people being weighed in accountability right now. Whether you're going to have what it takes. Why do you think the crowd's so small here? Why do you think the crowd never exploded in Fort Payne? Because if I just went in there and preached faith and miracles, I could have filled the church up and run it over many times over. Oh, people will come for prophecy. They'll come for healing. They'll come for miracles. But it's this word. God's training you for the kingdom. You ain't just found something, you've been called to it. You ain't just found a, a word that's different, you've been called to it. And God's putting us to the test. Can we stand the test? Can we bear the responsibility? Let me tell you something. God didn't believe you could, he wouldn't have called you to it. But it's still up to you. You've got to make a choice. Amen. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. How many are called? Few are chosen. 
God wants to do some choosing. He called a bunch of us. But are you going to stand that test that God can choose you? You're going to pass that test? You're going to make that great? They may have 40 members on a football team, but they'll call a couple hundred for them in tryouts. Y'all in tryouts. <laughs> well, you realize they're not you in tryouts because this is what's being revealed. It ain't going to be. It's starting to be revealed. Everybody knows what OJT means or you ought to. It's on job training. <laughs> it's on the job training. Amen. It's on job training. And the Lord's going he gonna to start moving on you. Where are you at? He's going to start moving on you. You're going to be obedient to his voice. Whether he tells you to prophesy, whether he tells you to pray for somebody. Well, we was coming in last night because we didn't know what the weather was going to do. And I told her, I said, I do want to not, I do not want to drive up here in the morning to a bunch of ice and snow and rain and sleet, whatever it's going to do. I said, I don't think it's going to hinder. I said, I just don't want to drive in it. So we stopped and got something to eat. They borrowed food and I bowed my head. And I got about three or four words out of my mouth and I felt the Spirit of God hit me. <laughs> and I said, mm, nom, 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 I just stopped. Because when I spoke that name of Jesus, I felt something. I felt my spirit begin to break. I felt the tears. I mean, I had to just be still for a second. I'm not ashamed of it. But I'm not a fool either. I wasn't trying to quench the Spirit of God. Because I'm going to tell you something. The way it moves on me now, if it moved on me, wouldn't bother me one bit. Stood up right in the middle of that restaurant and prophesied the word of the Lord. Not one bit. Not one bit. Wouldn't bother me. Because he's starting to teach me. When the Spirit moves on you, you obey my voice. Amen. You know, the Bible said that Samson said the Spirit of God move on him from time to time in the camp of Dan. We've got to get the place that not a church thing. Not that you plan this stuff out, but you're moved by the Spirit of God. Did you know that Jesus reached the place that every step was ordered by the Father? Now, if Jesus hadn't been in direct communion with the Father, he got off that boat, I believe it was at Capernaum. Jairus' daughter was laying at the point of death. What if he hadn't got on that boat and went to Capernaum? He wouldn't have been there resurrected that girl from the dead. See, we've got to learn to slow down, be still. Let the Lord order our steps. It ain't what I've always done, what you've always done, how we've always worshipped. It's learning to be led by the Spirit of God. Because God's changing things. How many of y'all know God's changing things? And let me tell you something. If the Lord can speak to me, I can leave a church I labored for 15 years. I can leave my mama, my baby sister, and my son to come up here and start all over again 
be led by the Spirit of God. You can too. You can too. It's one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life. It wasn't that I didn't know the mind and will of God. I knew what it was and I acted on it. But it hurt my heart big time. It hurt my heart, says Kathy, leave my mama behind. Leave my baby sister and my son behind. It hurts. But I can't let emotions govern whether I obey God or not. And you can't either. You can't either. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. Do y'all appreciate this word today? Word of the Lord's going to roar. That's the title of this day. Word of the Lord's going to roar. We'll get the notes. I couldn't get them to print. We'll get them for you. Word of the Lord's going to roar. Hallelujah. I can't remember what, what, what scripture it's in, but it, it's in the Old Testament. It says the Lord's a man of war, and he will roar. His word will, the word of the Lord's going to roar. Something started. It ain't going to start. Something's already started. Y'all believe something's already started? Better check yourself. Because God's looking for vessels. God's looking for vessels going to be obedient to him. He's looking for vessels. You may not do what I'm doing. This may not be your calling. But there's a place. God said, let every man, I believe it says, be used or in his several ability. Whatever ability God's give you. Because there's helps in governments. There's a lot of things. I didn't call all of us to be pulpit preachers. He didn't call all of us. Amen. You might win more people one-on-one -on, -one on the street. You'd ever win doing what I'm doing. But I'm going to tell you, when Peter done what he done, spoke that word, and I inspired died, fear come on the church. They had great miracles. It wasn't no time Peter started walking the streets and the shadow started healing the sick. That same context of scriptures right there in, in Acts chapter 5. Said he started walking the street and they'd lay him out in the streets. If by any means a shadow said multitudes come out of the cities, multitudes came out of the cities, lunatic, vexed, sick, diseased, God healed every one of them. And it said, and multitudes, both of men and women, were added to the church. Something fixing to add to the church. Y'all get ready. Them big old concrete pillars I saw. Was it Sister Kathy's? Says Pat, I saw concrete pillars, four or five foot square, going seven, eight feet in the ground. And that's what they used to put them posts to them metal buildings. I seen over two years ago them pillars being put in the ground. When God told me, build a church. Says Susie had a vision. She's in this huge building. What? Four or five hundred people. And Sister Susie was on the platform preaching or ministering or whatever she's doing. And she looked. Me and Lisa come in the front door. And I think you said, there's my pastors. Was it just her? She said, there's my pastors. Lisa looked up. Ella J. She looked up the meaning of it. She looked up Carter K. this week. 
LJ in the Indian name means breaking new ground or new growth coming up in new ground. And Kartike means bread. Ain't that what it means? Hallelujah. Ain't that great? On the map. My goodness. All I can tell y'all get rid of them columns. Them columns going down. Them columns are going down. I'm telling you, they're going down. God's going to establish something here. But you know when God spoke, and I'm, I'm fixing to bring this to a close, when God spoke to Nehemiah to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah went over there. Here was the walls of Jerusalem. Piles and tons of rubble and timber and stone crumpled to the ground, laying on that foundation. Timbers and ash where they'd been burned, laying on that foundation. Before Nehemiah could do anything, he had to clear away the rubble. Took him a long time. God told me, he said, I will pull down, I will pluck up, and I will destroy the doctrines of men that's been put in people, he said, before I ever begin to rebuild. I believe we just about the place God's starting to rebuild. Amen. Y'all just stop and think. Nehemiah just didn't go in there and start building them walls. Had the foundation covered up. Had to pull it all out of the way. Tons and tons. And them huge walls where they broke them down and burned them. Had to pull it all down. Once he got it all out of the way, then he had to clean that foundation, get all the dirt and the ash off of it. So he could start laying that stone again, putting them timbers up for them gates. Hallelujah. Man, I feel something working in my spirit today. You mark what I tell you. Word of the Lord's going to roar. You're going to know the difference. You're going to hear. Have y'all ever, y'all ever heard very many people prophesy the word of the Lord? Most of it, I can't stand and listen to it. <laughs> Turn your stomach. Turn your stomach. I pulled up something on my iPad yesterday. Just turned my stomach. I had to turn it off. Can't stand it. Can't stand this putrefied, weak, watered-down mess. Can't stand people out there trying to imitate. It ain't right. Ain't no sense in having an imitation when God's real. The Lord told me when I first got saved, he said, don't you ever try to pull anything over on a young person. I'm 19, 20. He said, don't you ever try to pull anything over on a young person. He said, the young person spot a fake quicker than the older folks can. He said, you don't have to have a fake tongue. Mine are real. You don't have to have a fake Holy Ghost. He said, I'm real. Amen. He said, I'm real. It's time to be real. 
Would you go to prayer with me? Father, I've obeyed your voice today. I've obeyed your voice, Master. I've done what's right in your sight. And Lord, that's all I can do. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what your spirit is speaking to the church. Order our steps in the word of this kingdom and lead us in a plain path that thy will can be wrought in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, you got to be careful who you preach this word to. I love Brother Mark and his people over there. Man, and people love me. But I can't take the depth of this word. Not yet. And they're ministered to them people like God's revealed it to me and like God's revealed it to y'all. I can't do it yet. But God's beginning to give them understanding. You don't take the word of the Lord and wound people. You don't go in the depths of the word and try to feed babies on meat. You've got to have wisdom. And see, if you try to minister the word of the Lord, this, this word, I'm not preaching anything else. I'm preaching this kingdom. Because the Lord told Brother Michael, he said, you preach this kingdom. He said, People are going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make them free. He said, you start preaching this kingdom. You can preach this kingdom in a way you don't have to get in the revelations of it. You don't have to get in the depths of it. If you preach this thing wrong and you preach it to the wrong people, you can hurt folks. You can hurt folks. So you've got to know you're being led by the Spirit of the Lord. Where are you preaching? You've got to know you're being led by the Spirit of the Lord. What you preaching? Amen. There's a lot of places I can go preach. But, Lord told us, stay right here in LJ and stay in this field. Stay right here in this field. That's what he told us. He said, all your provision, everything you need, and everything you need to be doing, he said, you take care of that field in LJ. And I think he took scripture, wasn't it, out of the book of Ruth? Ruth went in that field. And every provision she needed was in that field. God's put us right here. I'll go preach as the Lord leads me. But I'm not going out here and preaching other places and leaving L.A.J. Because L.A.J. is where God put me. Amen. Amen. He put me in Fort Payne for 15 years and he moved me up here. Y'all ought to be happy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't y'all love him? I'm going to ask you to be obedient to the Lord in your giving. And do what's right in his eyes. I have so enjoyed this. Man, I so enjoyed that service, Brother Mark, Thursday night. I enjoyed last week here. I've enjoyed this service today. Why? God's taking us somewhere. We ain't sitting still. Please honor the Lord and do what's right. Can you do that? Would you do that? So I'm going to tell you, when you really learn to give, you'll find out it's part of your worship. It really is. I had somebody ask me one time, I said, Brother Matter, God don't need my money. I said, no, God needs your obedience. 
God don't need your money. He just ne he needs your obedience. He needs you to do what that word says. And I think I brought this out a few weeks ago. Y'all give me just a second here. Listen to what I'm saying. Y'all ever read where when Jesus got baptized, the heavens was opened on him? Y'all ever read that? Go back to Malachi and read what it says about you bringing your tithe and offerings into the storehouse. And God said, I will open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That ain't financial necessarily. It can be financial, but it can also be spiritual. Because the heavens was open on Jesus. When the heavens open on, to, uh, on him, God revealed a lot of things in him. Opened his understanding to a lot of things. So when you obey God in your giving, God can open a lot of things up on you and pour you out a blessing. There ain't no, there, he said there ain't room enough to receive it. But you got to bring all your tithe in the storehouse. This is a storehouse. Amen. This is a storehouse. This is where you get your meat. I ain't serving you leftovers. This is where you're getting your meat. Amen. So let's do what's right in God's eyes. Has everybody honored the Lord? Stand on your feet. Come do what's right. Yeah, WRI is fine. Hallelujah. Woo, I feel a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. I love you. Glad you made it. Praise God. It worked out. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you like this word? Believe it. We're in it. We're in the days of these words being revealed. We are in the days of these words being revealed. Hallelujah. Thank God for His mercy and thank God for His love and thank God for His goodness. And y'all pray for me. Because the Lord speaks to me. I got a roar. I got a roar. I ain't got no choice. Can you make that statement? God speaks to me. I got a roar. I ain't got no choice. Oh, I got a choice, but I don't have a choice. Because make the choice, I'm in a mess. Because I know I'm God's. Amen. Do you love Him? Is everybody doing what's right? Let's pray over this. Father, in the holy name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord. God, you bless this offering. You bless the obedience. You bless according to your word. You said that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out upon us a blessing that there's not room enough to contain it. Give us of your grace and your mercy and your strength and your wisdom. And let this word find good ground. I give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All hearts and minds clear.
Always. What you need in there? of the body I command you to hearken to the voice and the word of the Lord be made oh. wow <laughs> glory that done that's all you can say that and done just call it done Are they stiff? Yeah. Hurt when you bend them? Yes. Bend them. They hurt? Yep. Bend them. Bend them. You spirit of infirmity. Loose. Every joke. They're being healed. That's why they feel better. My God, now y'all don't got me cranked back up again. <laughs> y'all don't crank my tractor again. <laughs> Woo! Plow another field. <laughs> Thank God good. Thank you, Lord. All hearts and minds clear. Please, those of you, if you wasn't here when I gave out the quart jars, get you one. Put your change, put your dollars in it, because we're going to. Sister Kathy was talking the other day, and we want to try to do some fixing up on the church for homecoming. Maybe paint the pavilion out there and maybe get the roof fixed, you know. So let's start pressing labor toward it. And we'll see if we can't get some things lined up. And may have to have a work day one weekend or something. Some of us have to come out here and just put a little elbow grease. Amen. Y'all do know what elbow grease is, don't you? <laughs> I appreciate the Lord. All, all hearts and minds clear? Please get this word. And we'll get the notes to you. And let's study this. Let's believe. Because this ain't something that's coming. It's something that's started. Amen. Y'all hear me? There's something started. Something started first of the year. Something changed when I preached that word in here last week about maturing. Something changed to Brother Marks the other night. One lady come all the way from Mississippi and she sent me a, a text and said, My heart feels brand new. That's good things. Said, My heart feels brand new. Feel different. Amen. Praise God. Y'all are dismissed. God bless you. I love you.